Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. It's Friday. Be happy, everyone. And remember, as always, as you get your cars ready for the weekend, Heat is the main cause of battery failure, so it's important to have a tough battery. Duralast batteries are designed and tested to start in extreme temperatures up to 167 degrees. They're proven tough and sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. What's fascinating uh, as we come into Friday, the U.S. Open's going on. Hopefully you got some good bets in. Hopefully you're making some money on that. But to me, the big story that happened yesterday that is still kind of out there percolating is the NCAA's decision with Rick Pitino and Louisville. Now, every time the NCAA comes out with a punishment or a suggested punishment or news breaks about an investigation, many people immediately rush out to condemn the newest offending school, to, to, to throw dirt up on their grave, to argue that they're cheating, that they're the reason why college athletics is so uh, so 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 just not good in a good place from a moral perspective. There's lots of morality connected to NCAA investigations, and it goes across the entire country. Whether you're talking about Oregon, USC, Baylor, these are schools that are either in trouble with the NCAA recently or soon to be in trouble. Baylor, Penn State, UNC, Miami, Tennessee. Ole Miss, it really, and I'm not trying to leave teams out and to make people feel like I'm singling out one team or the other, but right now Louisville has taken its turn on the stage of condemnation, and everybody is raining down criticism on Louisville, 
And Rick Pitino came out and he made his statement. And here's what Rick Pitino said. You know, for 35 some odd years, I've had a lot of faith in the NCAA and have reacted that way accordingly as a head basketball coach in the belief in their rules. I feel not like everybody here, not only is it unjust, unfair, over-the-top severe, but I've lost, personally, I've lost a lot of faith in the NCAA and everything I've stood for for the last 35 years with what they just did. This is over-the-top. It's, it's to the point where it's not even conceivable what I just read. We have to just put all our trust and faith uh, that this is um, that the appeals will will do the right things in arguing our case because we presented a very strong case. Now, if you're wondering what the details are here, Louisville, among other things, allegedly had, and this is pretty crazy and ridiculous, but also kind of emblematic, I think, of what recruiting is like in major college athletics to a certain extent. They use alcohol and they use women. Louisville may have taken it to the next degree by bringing in strippers and prostitutes for recruits. Uh, An assistant coach got a 10-year show cause for being involved in it. The new rule at the NCAA seems to be that head coaches can't bury their head in the sand if things improper are going on underneath them and claim that they didn't know. That's what that's what Louisville tried to do with Rick Pitino. That's what Ole Miss right now is trying to do with Hugh Freeze. But the NCAA is saying, no, 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 we're not going to allow this. And, you know, what, what's kind of fascinating about this, and again, Rick Pitino gets a five-game suspension from coaching in the ACC. Louisville's going to have to vacate wins. What does vacate wins mean? It means that the wins that Louisville got, potentially including their national championship, don't actually count, but there isn't actually a winner. So that means if you go back in the record books and look, it's possible that I believe it's a 2013 college basketball season, there will not be any champion at all. It'll just be blank. Now, that's artificial. I feel like, for instance, USC, which had to vacate its national title because Reggie Bush's family got a better beach house, Everybody who watched that knows that USC was actually the champ that year, right? Everybody who watched the NCAA tournament this year knows that Louisville was actually the champion. Vacation of wins seems to me to be a very artificial penalty, particularly because it leads us with an unsatisfying result, which means that two teams played on that given game day, and the only thing that happened was one team lost The other team didn't win. It's a weird kind of construct. Again, Michigan and Louisville played for the national title that year in college basketball. Michigan lost to Louisville, but Louisville didn't win. In theory, that's what the final result would be. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. But in a larger context, every time these NCAA penalties come down, I feel like the NCAA is the the entity that should be getting ripped. And I want you to follow me down this pathway, if you would, as to why I think the NCAA is the most untrustworthy, immoral, absolute insult of an organization in all of sports. So listen to me here. Follow me along on my logic. The NCAA basically exists at its most fundamental level for what reason? To police men's basketball and football. That's the only sport in all of college, uh, college athletics, the only two sports that really athletes have a value, right? Like, I understand that NCAA rules matter for women's, uh, women's field hockey and men's lacrosse, but by and large, people aren't trying to cheat to get athletes into school. By and large. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen, 
But by and large, people are not cheating in sports that very few fans care about. The dollars at stake, the tickets being sold, the amount of prestige associated with athletics, for the most part, like 90% of it comes through men's men's football, obviously, and men's basketball. And that's it. And so when you think about what the NCAA does, the NCAA's designed goal is to make sure that every school is treated equally under the rules. But I want to start here. Guys, what does the NCAA actually change? See, I'm not a rules guy when rules don't change substantive impacts. Because then I think what you're doing is just creating a huge bureaucracy of people who make money that don't actually make anything better. So let's begin here. If the NCAA didn't exist and there were no NCAA rules at all, which teams would be good in football and men's basketball? It would be the exact same teams that are good now, right? Alabama is good at football under NCAA rules. Alabama would be good at football if NCAA rules didn't exist. The same is true of Kentucky and Louisville and UNC, for instance, in college basketball too. We have all these rules put into place, and what's their substantive impact? Do they actually change anything? The answer is no. The NCAA is a huge bureaucracy that impacts and brings to bear all these different rules. And when you actually look at what happens, all they do is put a bunch of rules in place and not change anything. And then, okay, so that's what the NCAA exists for. What do they spend most of their time doing when it comes to trying to catch schools cheating? What does the NCAA spend most of its time doing? They investigate athletes to make sure, and coaches, and boosters, and schools, to make sure that schools aren't in any way providing something that they have in, that they have created, this phrase, called, quote, improper benefits. What are improper benefits? It's a fascinating phrase which doesn't get very much attention. There's a lot of time, I feel like, in sports that we spend focused on morality. And the NCAA, by and large, we have decided as a group something that I think is fundamentally untrue. We have decided that something called, quote-unquote, improper benefits is immoral. So I want to take a step back. I used to do this when I practiced law. I said, okay, why did, how do we get here? So let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard the phrase improper benefits anywhere else? Well, improper benefits, I'll tell you what they are. That's when a poor kid goes to college and decides to play basketball or football and they get something other than a scholarship for playing basketball or football. You know what improper benefits really are? Payment for services rendered. And they got me thinking, why do we care if a guy gets improper benefits? I want you to clear your mind, almost like in the Matrix, you know, when they have that scene where there were Neo is getting the pill. I want you to clear your mind of your thoughts before, any preconceived notions you have about this. I think what has happened is we have been totally hoodwinked here into believing something that is fundamentally untrue, okay? Most of you right now listening to me probably have a negative connotation with the idea of a booster giving a college basketball player 
or a college football player money. $100 handshake. $1,000 cuz he had a good game against a rival. And I want to ask you a question. Why do we care about that? Why do we care if a poor kid who plays football or men's basketball gets money because he's good at that on top of the scholarship that he's receiving at a school? Why do we care? Because this is what the NCAA spends the vast majority of time on investigating whether guys are getting improper benefits. Do you know what an improper benefit isn't? There are lots of kids on college campuses who drive around in fancy SUVs who have really expensive apartments. Anybody who's ever gone to high school or college knows that there's always really rich kids that are at school with you. You know what isn't an improper benefit? Being born rich. If you happen to be born rich and your parents have money, they can buy you whatever car you want. They can put you in whatever condo or apartment or home that you want to live in. They can give you as much money to go out to the bar or to the movies or to hang out with other kids on campus. An improper benefit isn't having a rich relative or somebody who can hook you up. So improper benefits only apply if you come to college and you're poor already. So I want to ask you a question. Let's take it outside of athletics. If right now, right this very moment, I told you that I had met a kid and he was really good at chemistry and I was a professor at a major university in this country. And that kid was really good at chemistry, and he was on scholarship because he was so smart. If he was really good at chemistry or biology or history or English or any other subject out there, but he didn't have very much money because his family was poor. And as a result, he was working so hard at school that he couldn't get a job because he spent so much time ensuring that he had perfect grades and he was the best person in my chemistry lab, and I'm a professor. You know what I did? I noticed that that kid didn't have enough money to go to movies. He didn't have enough money to ever eat outside of the school plan. I said to him, you know what? You know what, Timmy? Why don't you come over to my house this weekend? I've got a big yard. I'm a professor at a college. I've got a big yard, and I need your help to get some branches that have fallen down cleaned up. I need my lawn cut. We're mulching in the front yard. I got just a lot of work that I need done around the house. And so Timmy finishes all his work that week. He comes over on that Saturday. He spends all day working around my house. Let's say he's there for eight hours. Into that eight hours, I walk out and I say, you know what? What, We didn't even talk about what the rate was that I was going to pay you to come work on my yard. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to allow you to, let's say that that you should have gotten paid $12 or $13. Instead of that, here's 400 bucks. Gives him 400 bucks. If you were that chemistry kid in school, what would your reaction be? You would think to yourself, my God, this chemistry professor is the nicest, most helpful guy I have ever seen in my time at this university. And if he did that a few times a year and you got several hundred dollars that otherwise you wouldn't have gotten, 
because you were good at chemistry or biology or history or English, and you were on a full scholarship for academics, but this allowed you to have a little bit better life than you otherwise would have. You can afford to take an Uber around campus sometimes. You can go out and eat. You can go to a movie. You can take a girl out to dinner and be able to try and woo her. If eventually you graduated, got a great job, ended up making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year because you busted your ass in academics, and then one day you got married, isn't it possible that you would name your kid maybe after that professor at school who hooked you up? I use all that for this reason. I say all that for this reason, for this example. If you make it athletics and you make it a poor kid, who is a college basketball or college football player, the NCAA would investigate you, call that an improper benefit, and you would be ineligible. How crazy is it that we have created this organization, the NCAA, whose entire purpose is to ensure that poor kids with talent who show up on college campuses and end up really good at basketball or football, that they don't make a dollar off their talent outside of their scholarship. The NCAA exists, guys, to make sure that poor kids remain poor. It's the very anti-example of everything else that exists in American life. The goal of American life is to find a talent and be able to sell your labor for as much as you possibly can. That's the essence of capitalism. The NCAA is the most anti-markets, most anti-capitalistic organization in all of sports. And yet, somehow, we continue to allow it to exist, and we continue to give it the moral authority to tell us whether or not schools are behaving correctly. I'm going to open up the phone lines because I want to hear your arguments to the other side if you have them. Or you can agree with me, 877-996-6369. But as I react to this Louisville situation and all the others that are going on right now, whether it's Louisville or Ole Miss or anywhere else, by and large, every NCAA story is about an investigation into improper benefits. And i got to tell you something. I think the NCAA is the most immoral, untrustworthy, indefensible organization in all sports. And I think the idea that a poor kid has to stay poor in order to remain eligible to play college athletics is the biggest lie we have been sold in sports in my lifetime. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Going to your calls, talking about the reaction to the Louisville NCAA penalties and why I believe that in a broader sense, The NCAA is the most illegitimate, indefensible, absolutely without without any kind of scintilla of evidence that they should exist at all, organization in all of sports. Jordan in Kentucky. What's up, Jordan? How much, man? How you doing? I'm excellent. Uh, I have to agree with you on this, and I have to say, you know, even the NCAA could even be fair about it. They could, you know, they didn't continue like the NCAA video game there two years ago. Why not bring back the series, give the players a royalty right, and pay them a little bit of money for that? I mean, it helps kids who don't come from a fancy background and 
it's just a better overall situation for the kids. I appreciate the call. Think about how crazy that is. The NCAA had to shut down NCAA video games over improper benefits. Like, I see, I'm not even getting into whether or not universities should pay players themselves. I'm saying, why do you care if guys who have talents get money outside of their scholarship? Like, I'm not even putting the onus on the school to say, okay, we're going to pay everybody. And the challenge there is because of Title IX, you'd have to pay every athlete. And that's really the way that this system is set up. But I'm just saying straightforwardly, why do we have an NCAA enforcement arm? I mean, just like, why does the phrase improper benefits exist? Like, that is the most made-up phrase I've ever heard of. What is an improper benefit? That's payment for services rendered. That's the, like, capitalism is all about paying proper benefit, right? Like, you're going to work today. What if at the end of the day, somebody came in and they said, hey, you got a paycheck today? Yeah, and you're like, well, yeah, I did a really good job. You know, I worked, uh, I built this car today. Or, you know, I worked in the doctor's office. Or I, whatever you do for a living. Like, if I finish the radio show today and somebody shows up and they say, hey, Clay Travis, just checking in. Did you get paid for your show today? I'd be like, yeah, I get paid every day I do the show. That's why I do it. Okay, well, we're doing an investigation here. And we think that you have gotten an improper benefit and that you were paid for the talent that you have. Everybody out there, roofer be like, what are you talking about? I just laid this roof. It's like, well, I understand you laid this roof, but we think you should only make this amount of money for laying the roof. Anything that you got over and above that amount that you got for fixing the roof was an improper benefit. You'd be like, the hell it was. This is called a markets-based system. I sell my talents for as much as I can, that's the very foundation of capitalism. If they're like, no, 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 sorry, we have a value that we assess for roof repair and you have exceeded it, therefore you've got an improper benefit, we're going to have to take your license away to work as a roofer. You'd be like, what kind of communistic, totalitarian government am I living in here? That's what the NCAA does to athletes. Mike in Texas, what's up, Mike? This uh, this this whole situation is is uh, based upon. I mean, the last caller even said that uh, the NCAA needs needs to be fair about what they're doing with uh, video games and things. Who is he to tell anyone what's fair? The problem with with the NCAA and how you seem to to wonder how we allow it to to exist to go on as it is an immoral entity telling other people what they can earn and what they can earn and. and Actually, that they can't earn anything by the labors. I mean, they tell kids that they can't go straight in, straight, straight in the NBA or straight in the NFL right out of high school because they know what's best for that. Yeah, individual. well, let me that let me stop issue. you there. Let me stop you there. That actually isn't the NCAA's fault. I agree with you. I think at 18 years old, you should be. If you let guys walk around with guns in Afghanistan, I should, you should be fine with like letting somebody carry a basketball and decide whether or not they're going to work in the NBA or the NFL or anywhere else. But those are NFL and NBA age restrictions. The one thing the NCAA is not uh, responsible for, but I do agree with you is age restrictions in college athletics thanks for the call uh but i just i'm asking you to open your mind and say how did we decide that this made sense like how did we give a power to all these people i'm not even getting into the racial element of it although you know you know that a lot of times i say playing the race card is immoral here it's kind of fascinating right because by by and large the people who play men's basketball and college football on our campuses are black so and by and large the people who tend to not have the most money on college campuses are athletes, right? On average, since many times 
if you look at the socioeconomics of who goes to college, it tends to be kids who have more wealthy backgrounds. That's just the truth. So really we have created this enforcement arm, which is by and large defined by ensuring that poor black kids maintain the fact that they are poor black kids, despite the fact that they have really good talents potentially in basketball and football. That it gets even more indefensible, right? Like we have this organization, this NCAA organization, which is a multi-billion dollar organization, and they are in charge of spending all of their time when it comes to improper benefits, ensuring that poor black, white, brown kids, whatever color you want to say they are, end up remaining poor, despite the fact that they have basketball and football talents. John in Cincinnati. What's up, John? Guys, um, yeah, I just wanted to say I'm so glad you brought this up because it is insane that the NCAA and these colleges basically, the, you know, one of the biggest arguments people have is, well, the basketball and football programs have to support the scholarships and such for the other sports programs that don't, uh, you know, help the uh, school, you know, build any revenue. And it's kind of crazy. It's like, why is that those kids' problem that they have to support the rest of the athletic programs? Yeah, I mean, that's a fascinating question. That's where most of the money goes. But I'm not even concerned about that because I'm just saying, why do we care if Joe Smith, who is a huge booster of, and I'm just tossing out of school, Maryland basketball, and I think I'm thinking of Maryland basketball because I said Joe Smith as an example, wants to give a kid $1,000 because he just helped them win a big rivalry game. Like, why, do, why, would, why should that make that player ineligible? Why do we care if he gets money for his talents outside of his scholarship? What's even crazier is, okay, if the school wants to keep that money and the NCAA wants to keep their money, then why do they care if somebody else Yeah, that's my point. That yeah. Yeah, that's my point. Like, if the school itself, the thanks for the call. If the school itself doesn't want to pay any additional funds, and they say it's too expensive, like Title IX's complicated, we'll have to give money to everybody. I actually understand that argument. I think it makes some sense. But what I'm saying is, why is there an enforcement arm to ensure that a kid doesn't get a free meal from a booster? Like, think about how crazy that is. We have a multi-billion-dollar organization designed to investigate whether or not a kid's getting a free meal. When I wrote my book about the University of Tennessee, my second book called On Rocky Top, I took a kid out for a meal, and I'm not going to tell you who the kid was. We went to freaking Logan's Roadhouse, all right? I picked up his $25 meal. And at the end of the meal, he was like, hey, you know, I probably should. We're talking about my book. He said, man, I probably shouldn't have done this. He said, please don't tell the enforcement arm at my school that you picked up my $25 meal so we could talk about your book and, like, I could tell you, you know, stuff about the about playing football here because he said, I'm supposed to report every meal I get, and this is a violation, and I might not be eligible for the next game. That's a real-life conversation that we had. I said, I'm not going to tell on you because I picked up the book. I'm an adult, and you're talking to me and I took you out for a $20 meal at Logan's Roadhouse, he was concerned that that would make him ineligible. Tell me how that makes sense. Can anybody remotely defend the idea that as an adult who was having a conversation with this guy, and I said, you know what? 
instead of just meeting on some random campus and sitting down in some corner and talking to me, let's just go get some food and drink and we'll talk. And I, he ran up a $20 bill, $25 bill, whatever it was, at Logan's Roadhouse, big chain steakhouse restaurant in the South. And he was like, please don't tell anybody that we did this because it's an NCAA violation. I could get in trouble. Just say that I paid for my half, even though he didn't have the money to pay for his half. How crazy is that? We have an organization designed to like spy on whether or not I'm paying for some dude's $25 meal while he talks to me. It's one of the craziest things that I've ever seen in sports, and yet we allow it to exist and accept it. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. I bring in Alex Marvez. Alex, we've been talking a lot about the NCAA. You're a Florida Gator, which is, you know, a tough break uh, for you, but you can't always be choosing where you went to school necessarily if you're from there and everything else. Understood. Would you, and I've been making this argument, uh, you guys have had a lot of great players over the years as Florida Gators. Do you find it ridiculous that if Tim Tebow or Chris Leak or whoever your quarterback was at the time had a good game, that it would make him ineligible if he went out to a steak dinner with a booster after that game? It's, you know, it, the whole system screwed up, right, Clay? And, you yeah. know, the, the, the pushback on it's amazing, though, right? The refusal by the NCAA to change and to keep this thing intact. And unless it's going to be, and, and Clay, you would know this from your legal background, I think unless there is a demand legally, like a lawyer's, you know, or a court decision to force the NCAA into something different, we're not going to see change. It's obvious that the government wants no part of this, no legislation, and nor, you know, really, nor should they, right? I, I mean, we have enough things to worry about than them getting involved in this. But it, it's just, to me, it, it's absolutely absurd absurd you know but again too you also wonder you know well first i can't blame any kids if they get tempted by the money i would take the money if i i I mean this and that's not because that's because i'm a capitalist right like if (laughs) somebody wants to pay me more money to do my job then i will take more money to do my job my contract's up next year with the radio station right if somebody else offers me three times as much money to do this show then guess what I'm going to go to the place that offers me three times as much money to do this show. And by the way, I would expect my bosses to do the same thing when their contracts are up, right? Like, if you're good at what you do and somebody wants to compensate you much more for it, then it's our duty in some respects, I think, as capitalists in America, to make as much money as we can. Like, I want everybody out there listening right now to make as much money as they can off their labor, too. That's why this country works at its most fundamental level. Yeah, and, you know, I think, Clay, listen, I understand, guys, you know, the, the, the argument is, oh, they're getting a free education, and they're getting, you know, a free tutoring program for three years to prepare them for their professional jobs. But the whole system, I mean, look, we could even take this one step further. Think about the NFL draft, Clay. The, the fact that it's the teams that choose the players, not the players who choose the teams. Yeah. How, how many, you know what I mean? Like, how, how many least, jobs at do at you least have? I can, At least I can make an argument that that's because competitive balance yes. ultimately benefits the league as a whole uh, because we're seeing that with the NBA, what happens if that doesn't arise. But I always think that's interesting. People say, well, they're getting a free education or whatever. But I say, okay. And that's why we had a caller earlier today. He said, you know, what do you make? Guy said $300,000. I said, okay, what if I came in and I said, okay, I understand that you could make $300,000, but I'm telling you that you're only allowed to make a hundred. People would say, well, that doesn't make sense. That, that's awful. That's totalitarian. <laughs> that's what the NCAA does. Right. They're saying, like, you're allowed to get an education, and you're allowed to get the free meal plan at the school, and you're allowed to get tutoring, but you're not allowed to get $2,000 from a booster or a cheaper car than you otherwise would because of your talents. Like, it's just a, it's a, it's a strange line to draw, 
in a capitalistic society. Now, the Pacific Pro League launches next year, Clay, and we'll see if yeah, this Yeah, and one... that's fascinating. Yeah, and for those who aren't familiar with this, this is this has some, some interesting backing behind it. Tom Brady's agent, Don Yee, is involved. Mike Shanahan's on the board of directors. Ed McCaffrey involved in this as well. And it's going to be a four-team league in California that features young men who simply aren't, aren't going to play in the college football system. That isn't to say they aren't going to attend college. You know, there are some things in place for these guys to be able to attend school, but the, the bottom line is this is going to be for those those people that college isn't necessarily for, or they think, you know what, I'm going to play for a year in this league. I'm so good coming out of high school that the NFL is going to pay attention to me as the next, next Herschel Walker, per se, or the next, you know, Jadevian Clowney, a guy who could have turned pro early, or Leonard Fournette, guys like this. It makes you wonder if this, this league can gain some traction and get a couple players who are really, really good football players who decide that they're going to take their skills there to learn if this starts to become something that can really pick up some steam here, Clay. And basically, you know, something that challenges the NCAA, just like with the NFL, there's nothing to challenge the NCAA, especially the court ruling made about a decade ago. Maurice Claret and Mike Williams tried to challenge it. They were shot down. You have to stay three years removed from high school to enter the NFL. Unless something changes, this system is going to remain in place. And Clay, I just can't see it changing. Alex, can you come back with this next segment? I've, of I've, run up, I've run up against it. I want to ask you about Colin Kaepernick and a couple other big NFL Ooh. stories. We'll have more with Alex Marvez at Alex Marvez on Twitter. Flip side, what's going on with Kaepernick and what's going on with the NFL? This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. I am Clay Travis. You are listening to Outkick the Coverage. We are joined now by Alex Marvez. He's at Alex Marvez on Twitter. Let's dive into the NFL, Alex. I've teased it a couple of different times. ESPN yesterday promoting the idea that the reason Colin Kaepernick's not signed is because, wait for it, he's black. Is that fair or foul? (laughs) That's so foul, it's not even funny. We know why Colin Kaepernick isn't signed by an NFL team. We understand this, right? It's because of what he did during the National Anthem period and the fallout from it. That and he's not that great a quarterback that you you are willing to bring someone into your organization as a backup who is going to draw this much attention for this. Hey, Colin Kaepernick controls his fate in a lot of ways, right? Wrote about it last week at SportingNews.com, Clay. Where is he? Where's Colin? Anyone Anyone see him outside of Twitter? Is he saying anything to anyone? Is he clearing the air? Are his representatives doing anything to try to help him in the court of public opinion? Which does matter in this case. Let's not forget, they've got to convince a fan base if he comes in that this isn't a bad guy, that this isn't a guy who's you know talking about anti-American ideals and things like this. It's an important thing, yet nobody on Colin Kaepernick's side is budging. So if he wants to be obstinate and he wants to remain silent, you know what? I think the phone from NFL teams, those calls will remain the same. Andrew Luck, there seems to be some concern about his recovery from his shoulder surgery. How concerned should Colts fans be? How big of a deal do you think this story is going to be as the season inches closer and closer? You know, Bill Polian is one of my co-hosts on SiriusXM, and Bill remains close to the Colts organization. He said it's not only – it isn't even a a tempest in a teapot. He says a tempest in a teacup. 
He thinks that he thinks that Andrew Luck will be just fine. But I tell you what, if you have a quarterback, I mean, who, I mean, he was at a youth camp last week, and the closest thing he came to throwing the football I saw it on video was handing it off to a little kid to run down the field. That was about it. So yeah, I mean, should you be concerned? Sure. I mean, this is going to be pitch count type situation. Maybe he's not ready for week one. Maybe it's the Scott Tolzien experience coming to a theater near you. But you know, for the long haul, though, this is what you have to do with it with Andrew Luck. He is your franchise quarterback. By the way, something else that's out there, Jim Irsay last week at a town hall telling the audience that that Howard Mudd the former offensive line coach said don't worry the line is fixed uh Howard didn't exactly say that he said that you've got the makings to fixing this offensive line and this was a year ago at the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction to Marvin Harrison so this line not fixed yet should be fixed has to be fixed if you're going to keep Andrew Luck standing upright Richard Sherman, the Seahawks drama that has been going on, how concerned should Hawks fans be out there about what's been going on with Pete Carroll, Richard Sherman, the articles about locker room division, even the decision to bring in Colin Kaepernick and then say he's too good to sign as a backup? <laughs> Seems like there's a lot of drama this offseason for the Seahawks. Is Should they be concerned? Yeah, I mean, Pete should have just said, well, he, he's too black, and then we... we yeah, right. Then, well, of course, ESPN would have run with that for months in a row. Absolutely. It's amazing when you have a lot of programming hours to fill what can happen. But I, I will tell you this, with the Seahawks, in, in some ways, look, this article was a great thing to happen to them. You know why? It, it's, it's one of those come-to-Jesus moments. You know what I mean? You've got now, as a team, to figure out where you're at, what you are, air out all of your grievances. It'll be a Festivus miracle, right? And, you know, you could talk about those things and get it on the table. And maybe that's what's taking place behind closed doors with the Seahawks. Listen, I, I don't buy Richard Sherman and, and all his spiel and the spin that he puts on. I never asked for a trade, this and that. Look, Richard Sherman, a lot of times, it's whatever's convenient for him to say is true, he'll say it, okay? I don't put a lot of credibility in him. But I do believe that the guy is going to help the Seahawks. I think he's there for at least one more season before the Seahawks look to truly move on. There's no accident that they drafted four defensive backs in the middle rounds of this year's draft in a very deep cornerback class to try to maybe look for a potential replacement for him. Now, the Colin Kaepernick thing gets interesting. What if, heaven forbid, and Michael Bennett said it, we're not going to win if Russell Wilson isn't there. So let's say, you know, just play this out and hopefully it doesn't happen, but if Russell Wilson suffers a serious injury early on or at any point of the season, and you got Austin Davis, and Austin Davis plays like an Austin Davis well, I mean, what are team? What is a team going to say then? Hey, Pete, you didn't bring in Colin Kaepernick, a guy that a lot of guys in the locker room wanted you to bring in, but instead you went with Austin Davis? What are you doing here? That's how you lose a team really quickly. That's the risk that Pete Carroll takes for heading down the Colin Kaepernick road to begin with and then signing Austin Davis. Last question for you. Phillip Rivers says he's planning as they move. I think the Chargers just finished their last practice yes. in San Diego, ripped to the San Diego Chargers. They're now in L.A., how many more years does Philip Rivers have? Probably three, I would think. You know, Clay, he's one of those guys, you know, because of the way he throws, very precise passer. The ball just seems to get there. It looks terrible coming out of his hands, right, because his delivery is so funky, but he just he delivers a beautiful football. But to me, once he starts to lose a little bit of velocity or his legs start to go, and that's the big thing with older quarterbacks. Right, it's just, boom, that cliff, and he's going to fall off of it. Hey, listen, the Chargers had a chance to draft a quarterback of the future this year using quotations. They passed on it, so I think they're in for a penny, in for a pound with Phillip Rivers. One thing real quicker on the Chargers, by the way, if you noticed last weekend, they signed Melvin Ingram to a big-time contract. They got Mike Williams, their first-round pick, signed right away. I think that the CH and Chargers no longer standing for cheap. They actually have some improved cash flow now. Moving to Los Angeles, they're willing to spend money. Actually been a pretty good offseason for them. Wouldn't be surprised if this is a team that ends up making at least a little bit of a playoff run. I'll have a video up on it later today, sportingnews.com.
Outstanding stuff as always, my man, Alex Marvez. Thank you for joining us. We will talk to you next week. Thanks, Clay. Be good, baby. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Here on Fox Sports Radio. God, well, radio. Golly gee. Montel Jordan bringing us back in here. Final segment of the show. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. I am a pro at radio sign-offs, as you just heard coming out of that break. Let's hear that again. This is yesterday, and then also my golly gee conclusion today. <laughs> it's very mesmerizing. Yes, no Here doubt. Here on Fox Sports Radio. God, well, radio, golly gee. Yeah, that was intentional. That one was intentional. No, Probably was G, it G really? <laughs> yeah, I had no was. idea. The first one was not. The first one was not. I thought the mic was off the first one when I when I mangled that one. But I hope that you find it my 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 endings mesmerizing and uh, that you are captivated by uh, by my fantastic analogies. Um, spellbinding. Want spellbinding? Yes. I uh, hope you guys know I've got a nine, a six, and a two-year-old. Um, and uh, I used to be a lawyer. Yeah, you wear a lawyer hat. There. Often. I'm to put my lawyer hat on, make, uh, make sense of this. Um, all right, so a couple of additional things that, uh, that I want to hit. I want to tell you guys, you got to go listen to the podcast. We absolutely destroyed the NCAA. One of the things I like to do here is on the show when there are suddenly stories that, that rise up, and we had you know Louisville getting their sanctions, but also I think there are so many programs that have gotten sanctions in recent years, whether it's USC, Oregon, uh, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Miami, uh, Missouri. Like, there's so many different places that have gotten popped for NCAA violations. And so many other places, Penn State, Baylor, that people believe either weren't hit hard enough or should be hit harder, that I think it's important to go back in and actually consider what the NCAA does. And if you miss the earlier parts of the show, I believe the NCAA is the most immoral, indefensible organization in all of sports. And I hope I made you guys think, if you did not listen to the show earlier, go back, reconsider why the phrase improper benefits even exists. I think it's one of the most illegitimate phrases in all of American sports, maybe the most. What is the concept of improper benefits? Go back and check it out. But a guy who always gets the benefit of the doubt is because he's the son of God. It's Tim Tebow, and it's time for Tebow Watch. Oh, what happened there? How do we not have the Tebow watch music ready to go? I'm so excited. Oh, God. That's, this, is, this is even worse than Tebow's batting average, that we didn't have everything queued up there. There we go. There is the sound of the, the, the heavens opening for our man, Tim Tebow. Jason Martin, take it away. It's been a pretty good week for the anointed one, Clay, even though no home run derby birth for him. That's going to take place on June the 19th on Monday. He won't be in the batter's box, but he did get a hit against Charleston on Sunday. Monday was not good. 0 for 3 with a strikeout. Average falls to 221. But then comes Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. A hit in all three games. Two RBIs on Tuesday after doubling home his teammates with a fly ball off the wall. Then another one last night. Also drew four walks during that three-game span, bringing his average up seven points. Tim Tebow now sitting at 228. Since we haven't done splits in a bit, here's a little bit more info about Timothy Richard at the dish. Hitting 259 against right-handers, just 148 against lefties. But that's an improvement Two weeks ago, that number was 91, like 0-91. He's hitting 108 points better at home than on the road, 57 points better in the day than at night, 
And his average for the month of June, not bad, 268. He's turned it around a little bit. Still striking out a lot. He has 61 whiffs and subsequent back-to-the-dugout sit-downs in just 57 games. Columbia, three more with Charleston. Tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. Then the league's all-star break on Monday and Tuesday. Currently, the Columbia Fireflies, and you have to think this is due to Timothy Richard Tebow, first place in the South Atlantic League's Southern Division, 39-26 and 26 overall. Actually, the best mark in either league division. A half-game lead over the Greenville Drive, who they beat this week in two out of three to take that first-place advantage. And those were the three games where Tebow got hits in all three, reaching base in all three matchups, getting the RBIs. So Tebow really helping the team this week, average up to 228. And that is your Tebow watch for this Friday, June 16, 2017. All right, did I change anybody's mind with my NCAA rant today? Let's go around the horn. I'll start in L.A. because I think you guys probably spend less time thinking about the NCAA. Danny G and Justin, any minds changed? Did it make the world a better place today? Uh, no no changing of my mind because I was, I was with you from, from the get-go. I, I completely agree with everything that you said. So um, I'm, I'm just I'm on, I'm on board. Preaching to the choir. Danny G. Yeah, same here. Definitely agree with you guys there in Nashville. Blow up the current NCAA. It should be pay to play like minor league baseball. All right, final thought for the weekend as we go into the uh, to uh, to Saturday and Sunday and get ready for the NBA draft. Will the Lakers draft Lonzo Ball? Yes or no? Jason Martin. Yes, absolutely. Danny G and Justin. If they keep the pick, yes. Justin. Yes, but All right, not so we, it's a, it, that was not a strong yes, but we feel like this is manufactured drama. I always doubt the draft because I feel like there's a lot of manufactured drama surrounding it. Uh, speaking of manufactured drama, the U.S. Open going on starting now. Go check it out. It's on FS1 all day today. I got Ricky Fowler at 21 to 1 to win this thing. I also got Brant Snedeker at 110 to 1. So I got some big money on this game. Hopefully we get some big wins there. Hope you guys have fantastic weekends. We will be back on Monday breaking down everything that happened in the U.S. Open and getting you ready for the NBA draft. It's been a fun week. Thank you for spending your mornings with us all week long. Great stuff to coming next here on Fox Sports Radio. Hopefully they'll be even more positive than I was because they're trying to make the world a better place. I am Clay Travis. Go check us out on Outkick the Coverage. Mailbag up soon to help you pass the day even faster than you already would. Hope you guys have fantastic Fridays here on Fox Sports Radio. Here on Fox Sports Radio. God, radio. Call G. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. 
Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love at First Listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.